Let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh, gracious God, thank you for sending your spirit and the fruit that he grows in our lives by your grace. We pray that now as we are attentive to your word for us, you would truly transform us, strengthen us, direct us, give us wisdom, and use us as instruments in your hand to shine your light uh, to people who need you so desperately. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Pastor Michael Newman. I serve as president of the Texas District, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and it is always great to be here at Bethany Lutheran Church. And it's so wonderful to celebrate the installation of Pastor Anthony today. And I just celebrate what you're doing here, your partnership in the gospel, the way through you so many people are being blessed with the good news of Jesus and their lives are being changed. And I agree with uh, Pastor Anthony's assessment too. I believe the Spirit is at work and has so many wonderful things in store for your church as you continue to serve. And I rejoice in Pastor Danner's leadership, your invitation here today. Thank you so much too. What a joy to be with all of you. And I'm excited about this sermon series, The Fruit of the Spirit, Love, Joy, Peace, Patience, Kindness, Goodness, Faithfulness, Gentleness, and Self-Control. Wonderful things that the Spirit grows in us as we are the children of God. And today we're looking at faithfulness. And I believe that this Fruit of the Spirit, maybe this day, this time that you're able to listen, will change your life dramatically. That's how powerful it is. It will change your life dramatically. Let's just start off with a definition of faithfulness drawn from the Scriptures, okay? And this will become more clear as we go through the message today. But the definition I want to operate with today in the message of faithfulness is treating your treasure well, okay? Treating your treasure well. Or in other words, being a good steward with the gifts God has given you, with with what He has entrusted you. Treating your treasure well. It's not something we do all the time, is it? Very well. With the treasure, with the gifts God gives us. When my wife and I were married, we were given a very special gift, one of the many gifts for our wedding, but this was really special, kind of a gift that fit our time of getting married. We were blessed with some fine china. To be specific, 12 place settings of Noritake china. So here we were, a young married couple, and we we even picked out the pattern. We loved it. It was beautiful. And what's the first thing we did with our china? We put it in the china cabinet so it wouldn't get hurt, wouldn't get damaged. But we said whenever there was going to be a special gathering, when we had a special day, we're going to pull the china out, make sure we had a wonderful dinner with the people that we invited over. Well, let's see. 30 years went by. And we used it maybe twice, this beautiful china. In fact, we even inherited her grandmother's china. We put that in the china cabinet too. And so after about 30 years, our daughters had grown up. They got married. uh, They moved out. We were downsizing. And we were packing up all of our stuff. And we pulled the china out of the cabinet. And both of us had the same idea. We looked at this beautiful, unused china And we said, you know what, from now on, we are going to use it every day. So every day, my wife and I, and anyone who's with us in our house, including my in-laws who live around the corner, we, we watch over them, we eat off fine china every day. We use it for its purpose. Instead of letting this treasure 
go to waste. But as I said, that's not an easy thing to do, is it? Now, you may not have fine china. You may or may not. I've heard some people after the past two services said, we're using our china from now on. So that's a good thing. But you may not have that. But I want to talk to you about two treasures you do have. Two treasures that you can treat well. Two treasures from God that you can steward well. And these are two treasures that you have. Treasures that last forever. Treasures that last forever. So let's talk about the first one. The first treasure you have that lasts forever is the people in your life. The people in your life. That's a treasure that lasts forever. Our souls, our lives are eternal. We're eternal beings. And God entrusts you with people in your life. How are you doing with the people in your life? How are you treating the people in your life? Once again, sometimes we don't do so well with that. You know, people to us, especially in our Western culture where we're so task-oriented, people can be annoyances or interruptions or another thing on the list of things to do. It's easy for us to fall away from truly seeing people, loving them, investing in them, especially if they're people who are hard to love. But I'll tell you, You've heard this before. No one ever has said on their deathbed, oh, I wish I would have planned more meetings. You know? Or I wish I would have bought more stuff. The thing you hear, and so many people have said it, so many people have experienced this, said what counts is relationships. What's most important is the people in your life. They are the ones that matter. People on their deathbed say, I wish I would have spent more time with the people I loved people. We fall away from that. We slip away from valuing the treasure right under our nose, right in our midst. And in a gospel reading in Luke chapter 12, if you have your Bible, you can open up to Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 35. Jesus was talking about reflecting on our lives, the end times, what's going to happen before he comes again, what's really important and what really matters. And in verse 35, Jesus starts talking to his, the listeners about being ready and prepared, being faithful stewards, faithful servants of his. So he says, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. So the master gave them instructions. He told them what was really important. He wanted them to be ready. Good stewards treating his treasure well. Jesus said, Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he'll come and serve them. So Jesus is going to reward and bless those servants who were faithful. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect. And then Peter asks this question, are you telling this parable for us, for us or for all? And Jesus asks, who then is the faithful and wise manager? That's a question, very important question. Who's the faithful and wise manager? And he talks a little bit, bit more about these servants. And he says, you know what? Some of them slipped and forgot the treasure. Later on, he says, one was getting drunk and beating 
his fellow servants, hurting them, harming them physically. It's so easy for you and me to slip away from treating our treasure well, especially the people in your life. You know, this world has enough unkindness, got plenty of haters. Social media is covered with people who are criticizing and dividing. Our 24-hour news channels do the same. There are plenty of people who look down on others or are egocentric or self-centered, and you and I fall into that same trap. You know how it is. You think about your schedule, your plan, your needs. The world can revolve all around you in your fallen heart and in my fallen heart. But God gives us a great treasure. You know, Jesus came for people. God so loved the world, we hear in the scriptures, that he gave his one and only son. He loved the world. He loved people. You and me. You are God's treasure. Every person, even the most disenfranchised or the person who is on the outer extremes or some people who really seem to be totally unlovable, they are loved and treasured by our Lord Jesus. He gave, he shed his blood for them. And Jesus lets us show that beautiful gift to the people in our lives. He calls you and me and allows us to love people. You know, Pastor Anthony, you're newly installed here. You've been here a couple of months. But one thing is certain, the pastoral ministry is not an office job. It is not a computer job. It's not even a study lots of theology job. The pastoral ministry is a people job. It's a people business. And God has placed you here not to get just caught up in all the busyness, but to truly be emblematic of the heart of Jesus Christ as you listen to people, care for people, make time for people, love people, all people. As it gets messy and crazy and not in your control at all, God has entrusted you with this office because of his treasure, a treasure that lasts forever his people. Folks, how are you doing with the people in your life? Maybe God brought you here today or have you connect online today for the express purpose of nudging you, reminding you to love the people in your life. Husbands, maybe you've been a grouch, preoccupied, not listening. Maybe you need to get flowers after church and, and bring them home, give them to your wife. Maybe Jesus is saying, remember to love her, treasure her, cherish her. Wives, maybe God brought you to these moments so just to remind you especially, hey, show some love to your husband. Have a little compassion on him. Listen to him. Give him a hug. Honor him. Bless him. Just bless him. He's got a lot of flaws, a lot of faults. Maybe he doesn't listen all the time. But remember to bless him. He's your treasure. Or parents, how about your kids? You get so caught up in the schedule and the things to do and the business and the busyness and maybe Jesus is saying, hey, treasure these children God has given you. Take some time. The other things will wait. Pour into them. Talk to them about Jesus, what's really important in your life. Kids, maybe instead of, you know, striking out on independence all the time and doing things your way, Jesus has you here today and has you listening so that 
you're reminded to just love your parents. Stop a little bit. Thank them. Listen to them. Give them a hug. Show them some love. Cut them a little slack. They're your treasure. Even grandparents to grandkids and great-grandkids. And how about church members to church members? Maybe you've been sideways with a few people. Maybe you need to forgive someone or say, I'm sorry to somebody. Or to mend fences or give a little attention or just come together and give in a little bit. Maybe you need to pay attention to your neighbors or your friends. The people God has placed around you, they're treasures. They're treasures. Those of you who are in school with other students, maybe you need to get off that thing that is so easy to do and be the criticizing person or the person who's trying to be in the in-group and maybe you need to show love and care to people in the out-group and to inject a little love into the conversation when people are talking about others. How are you doing with the people in your life? They're a treasure that lasts forever and God fills you with His Spirit so you can be faithful in treating the treasure well and show the world that Jesus has a different and beautiful way for life. Let's look at the second treasure. It's also a treasure that lasts forever. This treasure is the Word of God. Now, I don't just mean the Bible. I mean the Word made flesh, Jesus, your relationship with Him, your walk with Him, and hearing His voice and reading His Word and letting Him have His say in your life. How are you doing with the treasure of God's Word? Now, here's another area where we fail and falter so often. Do you know what percentage of the U.S. population reads the Bible every day? The percentage of the population that reads the Bible every day. 11%. 11%. You know, I got a Christian book distributor's catalog in the mail a little while back, and I thought, oh, I wonder how many... I wonder how many Bibles are available. And I paged through this catalog... 27 pages of different Bibles. We have so many Bibles, so many, the Word of God is so available. You probably have one or two or more in your phone right now. And yet, it's so easy to just go headlong into life, get busy, and not have the beautiful, wise, enlightening, strengthening, encouraging, correcting Word of God dwell in you richly and shape your life and soothe your heart and give you wisdom and guide you along the way and give you hope that lasts forever. I did a little survey of pastors when I first got into ministry and these are retired pastors. So they'd served maybe 40 plus years. They were maybe 10, 20 years into retirement. They had a lot of experience and here I was a young guy starting out. So I said to them, if you could change one or two things about what you did in ministry, what would they be? Thinking, I don't want to make the same mistake. So what wisdom could they give me? What are the one or two things they would change? You know what they said? They talked about the treasure. They said, first, I'd spend more time with my family. Second, they said, I'd spend more time in God's Word and in prayer. Wow. Even if you're a pastor... You can falter when it comes to the treasure. So how are you doing with the treasure of God's Word? Are you letting Him have His say in your life, speak into your heart, guide your ways, pick you up from despair, find you in the storm? Are you hearing Him speak to you? 
and give you his grace and hope. Pastor Celia, you know that's something you steward as a pastor. That's a a primary focus of your ministry. The number one thing, really, you bring the word of God to people. You bring the treasure of the word to the treasured people of God. And this is very unique and distinct, and all of us need to understand this. You know, our world has a narrative And you hear the narrative drone on in the news channels and on the internet. And you hear people speak. It's a narrative that is negative and hopeless and divisive and critical. That's the narrative that pervades our culture and world. And it's very easy for us to just join right in that chorus or to echo the narrative of the world or to take the weapons of the world and fight the world with them. But God gives us a treasure. He gives us something different. He gives us the gospel. The gospel transcends the narrative of the world. And Pastor Celia, you're a steward of that mystery, that gospel, to bring to God's precious people, to have it dwell in them richly, so that together all of you can bring the gospel to a world in need. Peter calls the word of God a light shining in a dark place. You bring the light to shine in the darkness. You bring words of hope to your neighbors and friends. You bring eternal perspective to people who are caught up in the anxieties of this age. You bring the gifts of God. How are you doing with that second treasure, the Word of God? You know, maybe God brought you here today or had you connect today so He could give you a little nudge and push you again and let you know that you can't do life by your might or power. Only by the Spirit of God who speaks through the Word of God. Maybe you need to figure out another, maybe you're being led to another Bible reading plan for your life, maybe a devotional book, or maybe you're going to open up the Gospel of John and just say, I want to see what Jesus says to me. Or maybe one little line from the Psalms every day, just a little bit to nourish your soul and to get you moving and to change your perspective and to fill you with hope. Maybe there's a special way that God is leading you to re-engage with His Word and let Him have His say in your life. And maybe... God is nudging you too to take that word and bring it to the people around you. To voice the good news of the gospel in the middle of dark and difficult conversations or conversations that have gone off the rails. Maybe that's why God brought you here today too. You know, if I announced today that I was bringing in another guest speaker to stand right here alongside me, what if I said to you that I have a very special guest? It is Jesus himself. Wouldn't that be something? And what if the door opened right there in the middle and Jesus came walking up the aisle, he stood next to me, what would you do? Probably a few selfie requests, right? And what if Jesus said, I'm going to tell you everything you need for your life before my final coming? What if he said, get ready because I'm going to tell you everything you need? What would you do? I bet some of you would definitely have pen and paper in hand if you could find it, or you'd bring your, take your phone out, start taking notes. Maybe you'd turn on a little recording. You'd do something to make sure you could get what Jesus was saying. And then, after Jesus finished and walked out and were just absolutely in awe, what would you do with your notes? I bet you wouldn't keep them to yourself. I bet you'd say, man, I'm going to print these out and put them on my mirror at home or put them in my car or I'm going to share them with friends. I'm going to tell my kids definitely. I'm going to call someone up. I'm going to let them know. You may even talk to a few strangers. Well, guess what? 
Jesus did come. He did speak. People did take notes. And they shared them. And we have them. A lamp shining in a dark place. The very word of God. Everything we need to know between now and Jesus coming. How are you doing in treating that treasure well? In stewarding the word of God to grow, to be blessed, and to share. Two treasures. People and the word. Now there's this haunting question Jesus asked in Luke chapter 12. He said, who then is the faithful and wise manager? Who's the faithful steward? Who's a faithful servant? Anyone raise their hand who is doing this perfectly well and completely faithful? Ooh, that's a tough question. I can't raise my hand. You can't raise your hand. Who is the faithful and wise manager? Who is it? It's Jesus. You see, where you are weak, where you are powerless, where you fail, Jesus came to perfectly steward the treasures of his Father. He stewarded the Word of God by obeying it perfectly, by walking in the Father's will perfectly, all the way to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's how faithful Jesus is for you. And he did that because of you, the treasure of God, his precious people, so that he could forgive your sins, he could renew your hearts, he could give you a brand new beginning. Jesus gave his all for you, stewarding the precious treasures of his Father. And that means you didn't come here today just to get reminders. Your faithful God gathered you here today so your heart could be renewed and restored. Because while you were sinners, Christ died for you. In baptism, you were buried with Christ into death. So just as Jesus was raised from the dead, you too may walk in new life today by God's grace. You have a brand new beginning, another chance, another shot, not in your power, but in the power of the Holy Spirit who pours His faithfulness into you. In Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So you leave here today not failing and faltering in faithfulness, but as the faithful child of God shining His light brand new. New beginning for you. Circle the day on the calendar. That's when it all started over. And I can faithfully steward the people in my life and the beautiful Word of God. That's my prayer for you, that you leave here with that joy, with the celebration of those gifts. By God's grace, that you will leave here treasuring God's treasures, filled by God's Spirit with that beautiful fruit of faithfulness. Let's bow our heads and pray. Oh, gracious Savior, thank you. Thank you for the reboot, the restart, and pouring your faithfulness into our hearts with overflowing so that as we leave here today, it will flow out into the people around us and that your embrace will sustain us every step of the way. Ah, you give us wonderful gifts. You grow wonderful fruit in us. We thank you. Let us shine that bright light of your grace in all we do, to all we know, in Jesus' name, amen.